Hey, welcome to Mindful Mostly. How's it going? I'm Andrea Collins, and I am pretty into mindful living. I mean, you know, mostly. I strive to live my healthiest, most mindfully motivated life, but I'm not perfect at it or anything. I think that you're the same. This podcast is for you. You want to live your best life, but you're not willing to sacrifice some of the stuff that you enjoy most. So many people look like they're having a terrible time trying to live their best life, am I right? You though, you want to light a fire under your ass, be part of a community of real funny women, grow, get inspired, and do it all in a judgment-free way. This is the place for you, buddy. How have you been feeling lately? Spring is here and it can bring a whole lot of new feelings. It's a time where we reassess our goals, surroundings, crop top choices from last year. I know that I've been feeling a little scattered lately. There's a lot going on, um, but I just feel out of whack. For instance, I went to call my doctor last week because I wasn't feeling that well. And I was telling them on the phone, I was like, yeah, you know, I think I've got a UTI and then I might have, you know, something that goes with it. So I think I need to come in and and like pee in a cup and like do all those girly things. And then like, oh, yeah, also, I think it's time to get my annual pap. And like I went deep into the TMI area to which the person on the phone responded, "Um, ma'am, what's your pet's name? And I realized I'd called my veterinarian. So, maybe it's time to do some centering exercises? Spring, though, it, it, I start to think about how I feel about my body and how much control I have over it, particularly when it comes to health and exercise and eating. That's why today, Rachel Melinda is on the show. She is a certified holistic nutritionist and an emotional eating coach. She helps women heal their relationship with food and their body, ultimately assisting them in unlocking their true potential and finding freedom in their life. Now, with each client that Rachel works with, she brings her non-restrictive, anti-diet, whole foods, hashtag real ass food approach to help people adopt healthy, sustainable food and lifestyle practices so they can start living their best, most fulfilling life free of rules. Yes, yeah, sister. You can see why we needed to get her on this podcast. Today, Rachel is going to tell us five ways to stop mindlessly reaching for food. Oh my God. Yes, this is perfect timing. But first, it is time for the Soul Nugget shout out. This one is so good. And it was posted by at Francie King on Instagram. Learning the power of gratitude is not only wise, it's practical. When we understand how to feel grateful for what we have, we're free from the uneasy state of constantly wanting. A never-ending hunt for more puts the mind in a continual state of anxiety. It's true. But when we're thankful for what we have and understand the difference between what we want and what we need, we're able to relax the mind and put less pressure on ourselves to obsessively upgrade the things in our life. Release the energy of more, 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 and replace it with the energy of thank you 
Thank you. Thank you. Damn, that's good. So we are here with Rachel Melinda. What's up? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. We met in the most random of ways at your kombucha making course at a brewery, which was so awesome. And you were really actually when you were talking about making kombucha that's when i was like she needs to come on the podcast because you were saying it's all about balance and it's about you know drinking your kombucha but then also drinking a couple beers here and there. yeah um by the way rachel knows what's up when it comes to kombucha making so we could possibly get into that in the future too <laughs> um but Along with being a kombucha making expert, you are also a nutritionist. Mm -hmm. And you focus a lot with women who have issues with emotional eating. Well, I'll kind of explain how I got into this. So I started practicing as a general holistic nutritionist and I just found that a lot of people knew a lot about nutrition already, which is great. There's a lot of information out there, but no matter what, I would give people a treatment plan and they couldn't follow it. And it wasn't because they didn't have willpower or self-control. I discovered they had a deep-rooted emotional connection to food, and that was very much embedded in emotional eating. So things I often hear are like, I just can't stick to this diet or I have no self-control. Um, I just wish I could stop, but they're stuck in this vicious, vicious diet cycle, which is just keeping them stuck in those same thoughts, ultimately. Mm -hmm. I imagine it's the same as like drug addiction. Totally. Right? It's It's... It's something inside of you is like calling you to that bag of chips in a way that you can't stop yourself lots mm -hmm. of times. And mm -hmm. then you do it and you wallow in regret and it's a vicious cycle, much like anything that you can be addicted to. Exactly. Yeah. And like what we're going to discover is that it's very much not about the food, right? There's always something happening on a deeper level that we really need to get to before we can even address nutrition. Yeah. And I think that that's interesting to hear you say that because um, there's so many times that we associate emotional eating to like, oh, you're sad, so you eat ice cream. But there's way more elements to it and options to totally. it, right? Like mm -hmm. what, what are some that we might not think of necessarily? I mean, like, I think back to university when I was, like, in my prime of, of emotional eating, procrastination, you know? Mm. And even I feel that now, if I'm feeling very resistant towards certain work, like, if I said yes to work that I should have said no to, I'll be procrastinating because I don't want to do it, and I find I'm going to the fridge. Um, another thing is, like, people might feel upset, but what is that? What are they upset about? Maybe they're actually ashamed or embarrassed, right? So another thing we yep. need to work on is developing that emotional vocabulary to really pinpoint what's going on. Yes. And boredom. Boredom. Huge. Would be another one. And I know that um, myself, like when I get home from work, it's in between when I would generally have eaten lunch or dinner. And yet I'm just in that zone where I can't stop myself from eating something when I get home. And usually that's when I work out. And I would say half the times I'm too full at that point then to go for a run. Right, yeah. You know, so it is like self-sabotage. That reminds me of one time when I played basketball in high school and I was so bad at it and I had to sit out a game because I had just eaten a, a foot-long sub from oh, Subway. Oh, no. Was it a good sub? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> as long as you found joy in it. <laughs> okay, so um, you have broken this down into five ways to stop mindlessly eating and you say something that's so important is to just be aware totally yeah so bringing awareness to 
when we're actually eating when we're not hungry because a lot of us are kind of just on autopilot where we're doing it but like if we actually intervene that process we can actually get to the root of what's causing our emotional eating so with my clients I often use this practice where I get them to ask them themselves a question that is if I'm not biologically hungry right now what other need am I trying to satisfy because if you're not satisfying biological hunger at that point you're trying to satisfy emotional hunger so okay mm-hmm. we know this right now we can figure out okay what what emotion am I feeling and really start developing that emotional vocabulary like I was saying to pinpoint what it is so and for a lot of people that's hard at first right because they might feel very stressed or frazzled or upset but what exact what exactly is that feeling of being upset okay maybe it's being ashamed or embarrassed or there's guilt or you know and really yeah. break it down and get to the root of it so we can start intervening and dealing with that emotion and experience first Mm -hmm. and actually preventing the cycle of emotional eating altogether. Because if people find that it's generally the same feeling that they're feeling at that time, do you then tell them, okay, why don't you try doing X, Y to help with that feeling that you're covering up with food? Right. Yeah. So there might be like different coping mechanisms that I recommend depending on what the emotion is, right? So For someone who often eats when they're stressed, I would recommend maybe introducing a deep breathing practice, right? Something to get them into that parasympathetic nervous system, that rest and digest state, to really calm themselves down, right? Mm -hmm. So having, filling our toolbox with those coping mechanisms ultimately to help us deal with the various emotions that we experience, Mm -hmm. right? Have you heard of clients going to drastic measures to stop themselves from emotionally eating? I remember there's times where I've like had a handful of chips and thrown the rest of the bag out. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, that's like, in my mind, that's self-sabotaging, right? So like, well, it's not really productive in the end, right? It's just kind of keeping you in that cycle, right? Totally, (laughs) yeah, but I can totally relate. Yeah. Um, Now, use your inner clock. That is one of your points that I think is really interesting because so often we say, well, it's dinner time and I'm not that hungry, but it's dinner time. Right, right. So what we need to do is start honoring that inner clock, right? So again, a lot of us think, okay, 7 a.m. breakfast, 12 p.m. lunch, dinner, 6 p.m., whatever, and build in my snacks in between. But like, are you actually hungry? And that's what we need to bring awareness to. So, and, th- and that's hard for a lot of people because we've been taught to suppress our hunger signals for so long, right? You read in magazines like, drink a glass of water or chew some gum or drink this Diet Coke to feel full, right? Yeah. So we're taught that hunger is a bad thing, but hunger is not a bad thing. It's, it's, telling, us, it's telling us a message and, and a signal that we need fuel, right? Yeah. So we need to start honoring that. And again, that can be hard for some people if they're not used to experiencing what hunger feels like mm-hmm. um, because they're so used to eating on that clock. So sometimes that, mean, that might mean like, like for example, on, I usually work out in the morning, so I'm like ravenous after, I always eat after. Um, but then there's days where maybe it's a rest day and um, I wake up and I'm not too hungry. And I make a point to not eat right away. Like not, well, no, I don't make a point to, I just, I'm not hungry, so I don't eat. And then I kind of wait for that sensation of hunger to come in, but you kind of want to find that sweet spot. Like you don't want to get too hangry because then you're kind of, yeah, it's a dangerous place. Um, you want it like if we talk about hunger on a scale from zero to 10, you want to aim to be around like a, a three to four, right? 10 being like just went to the buffet, went to town. I feel so sick. Yeah. Zero being like absolutely ravenous. Like I, I'm going to eat my whole fridge. Yeah, for sure. Side note, why aren't there more buffets these days? I feel uh, like there used to be way more. Yeah, I know. I yeah. feel like they were like cool for a bit and then now they're. Yeah. Like give me a good salad bar. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, right. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that that's really interesting because like how long were they telling us that we should um, 
eat breakfast even when we're not hungry. Right. Right. And like now people are saying, actually, that's kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. You should eat when you're hungry. Yes, exactly. And then I guess something that would be um, like people associate dinner time with when they would um, get together and sit down with their family. And so like the kids are going to be hungry or like your husband's coming home and you guys are, you know, you love sharing a meal together. So you're just you're going to eat. Yeah. You don't want to be the party pooper that's like, I'm actually not hungry. Right. And so there's like fine again, finding that like fine balance between it, because like say you had dinner schedule with a girl like bunch of girlfriends and you go out at 7 30 and you're like oh, I'm not really hungry yet you're not gonna like be a stink and be like I'm not eating right like yeah you know be kind of mindful of it like all of these tips and and all the recommendations that I share are very very flexible right so even when it comes to like mindful eating like if you don't follow it all the time it's okay and I think that's what like that's kind of like my my general motto with what I do it's like let's stop stressing so much about the rules and doing everything right let's yeah. let's ease back on these rules and and try to like just as as long as we're honoring how we feel for the most part like we're that's the best thing you can do yeah. for yourself right you gotta live you gotta live yeah it's like do it most of the time yeah because you're not going out for dinner with your girlfriends every night right uh, you mentioned mindful eating mm-hmm. and that's kind of a whole category in its own now like there there are things you can do just to like sit and be one with your food right yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Whenever I talk about mindful eating with people, it's I think people have this vision of like sitting alone in a dark room, like just <laughs> staring down at your food like a psycho. And I mean, it can be like that. It's you know, it's very weird to practice at first, right? If you're so used to like watching watching TV while you eat or scrolling on your phone, it can be very uncomfortable to just like sit and look at your food, especially if you're alone. But there's so many benefits to doing so. So that time that we spend actually looking down at our food um, actually causes a around 30 to 40 percent of our total physical response to food so during that time when we're looking down at our food we're releasing saliva digestive enzymes are being released blood flow is being sent to the abdomen Um, our stomach and intestinal muscles are starting to contract to prepare the body for digestion right Mm -hmm. and as a result you're going to be able to break down foods and assimilate the nutrients much better right so um, and not only that like it I find just by looking down at your food, it increases the overall satiation you feel from food. So really appreciating where your food came from, right? Because we often have this idea that food's the enemy, right? But if you can look down at that food and think like, wow, like it's truly a miracle how how this food got to me, right? Like a farmer had to plant this seed and put so much love and nourishment and, and nurture it. And then it had to be sent to me on a plane if it was likely coming from overseas somewhere, which a lot of our food is now. Mm -hmm. Um, Had to be put in a grocery store and then like we had to go there. You know, like there's such a process. And if we can look down at our food and really appreciate it for for that, as well as the nourishment it provides and how it can help us thrive, it really helps to reinforce that positive relationship with food. What do you think when people talking talk about um, chew it this many times, oh. give yourself this long of a window? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there's truth to chewing our food a lot. So a lot of people think digestion starts in the stomach. It actually starts in the mouth, right? Because that's where we start releasing our salivary enzymes. So the more work that we can do in our mouth, the more the will the less work that our digestive system has to do, right? So I typically recommend for clients to chew their food around 20 to 25 times. So you want to get it to that paste like nasty baby food texture. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, this is another loose one. Like I don't do it all the time, but I'm, I'm mindful of it when I do, right? Because again, that's going to slow down the eating process as well, which is going to send signals to our brain 
um, when we actually are full, right? I find that my biggest issue with emotional eating is is like the, the body clock thing you talked about, eating when I'm not hungry. And then also um, portion control. Like mm. I, I feel like I fill myself up so much at night. So it also almost makes me just not want to do anything. And then maybe in some way that's subconsciously how I relax. When I'm so full, I have to sit on the couch. Right. Well, I mean, like food, especially carbohydrates, causes that dopamine rush, right? Which And dopamine is a feel-good neurotransmitter. So a lot of people are turning to food to get that rush, right? Mm. For you, it might be maybe maybe your days are really busy and like that's your one time to wind down. And maybe like if you like look forward to food and, and that yes. experience, right? So you are using it to to find comfort, which is okay, right? But you want to make sure that we that you aren't like stuffing yourself to the point where you feel uncomfortable, right? Right. And when it comes to portion control, I'm not a huge fan of being like, eat this and that, because like, who am I to say you should eat this much? I don't know your body. You know your body best, right? Yeah. So as long as you're honoring how you feel, that's the best thing you can do, right? You'll know if you ate too much and you'll know if you ate too little. That's interesting. I guess it is a sense of comforting. So in which case, I guess I should find new ways to comfort myself, right? Yeah. And I think it's, it's still okay to get pleasure from food. I actually think we should find pleasure in food because when you don't when you eat there's this like famous line that says like if no one what is it again i'm going to screw this up that's now. all right we paraphrase quotes all the time okay on this show. great <laughs> it's basically saying like if you're not happy eating your eating a salad like it's not going to do anything for you we should actually enjoy the food that we're eating because that actually adds to how satiated we feel from food definitely so i make a point to do that like whenever like i'll look into my fridge and sometimes i'll look at it for like a good one to two minutes, which a lot of people don't do, but I'll look at it and be like, what what do I want right now and what does my body need, right? Yeah. Sometimes, like yesterday, that was chickpea pasta with pesto and these like walnut meatballs I made, you know? Like, yeah. And like that was breakfast, or sometimes it's chili for breakfast. Like it's all over the map, but I'm honoring my body and doing that and following what feels best for me. Yeah. I remember one time, um, I think it was like a couple of years ago, I went through this phase where I was like really busy. So I wasn't making as many wholesome meals and I was always getting my lunch to go or like dinner to go. And the stuff that I would have thought I would have gained weight eating, I actually lost a few pounds because I was only eating when I was hungry, that portion of the food. Whereas, yeah, I was making healthy stuff before, but I'd eat more of it. It was always on hand. So kind of doing it that way, I was surprised like, oh my God, I had a cheeseburger for lunch yeah, that's what I wanted, yep. you know? So I, I wasn't still craving things in the afternoon because I, I felt very pleased with what I just consumed. Mm-hmm. So that's true. And that's something that I, I try and coach people on. So I try to encourage them to become more intuitive eaters. And intu- an intuitive eater would honor their body signals while honoring what we call gentle nutrition, right? So not being like ruled by nutrition, but kind of having some guidelines of like, okay, what what is best for me based upon like the nutrition books and then what's best for my body right Mm -hmm. so and but that's scary for a lot of people to just trust their body signals a lot of people think that they they're so used to exerting control over food that they're like i can't i can't trust my body but when you do it's so amazing to see like maybe how satisfied you can feel by maybe a little amount of something or when you actually do give in to a craving right when you actually do honor that you can have it out of mind. It's like it's done, right? You don't fester on it for days on end yeah. and then ultimately like cave for it and then binge, right? Mm-hmm. That sort of thing. Yeah, it would be hard to know when to trust, hard to know which single signals to trust because yep. at one point it's tricking you into emotional eating and then in another point maybe your body really wants a steak yep. and that's because maybe you're iron deficient or, you know, like they're, like how much do you think that 
um, you know, when your body's just like craving vegetables and you look at, a, a, you know, a piece of meat and you're just like, I can't, I can't even. That's literally your, your little body voice talking to you, right? Right, yeah. And it's said that cravings are actually, they're either born out of, well, they're typically born out of nutrition deficiencies, right? Hmm. So there's like this classic one that says like if you are craving chocolate, it might mean you're lacking magnesium, which is probably true for many because magne- magnesium is very much lacking in our soil today. It's actually hard to get the amount that we actually need mm. just from food alone. So, um, I mean, I'm not huge on supplements, like because I don't want anyone to have to like live on pills for the rest of their life. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I whenever I buy vitamins, I always forget to take them anyway. So yeah. just knowing that I should eat a balanced diet and that should be enough, right, yeah. for us, unless you're you know anemic or you need a little bit more of something right. deficient in some way. Now, what about balanced meals? Like, does that have something to do with emotional eating and feeling satiated after? Absolutely, yeah. So I find that this is where it gets hard because I'm a nutritionist, but I'm also an emotional eating coach. And nutrition very much comes with black and white rules, whereas emotional eating is like, follow your gut, like do what you love, you know? Like I really do believe in honoring nutrition in that way and eating those balanced meals, right? Because when we do, we find that we are more satiated as a result. So I make a point to, with myself and with my clients, to make sure that we're getting the right amount of, well, I'm like, quote unquote, the right amount of, say, carbohydrates, fat, protein, and fiber in our meal, right? Because mm. when we have all that, we feel satiated as a result. I see it with my clients who are severely, like, cutting out carbohydrates. They're, like, they're like all over the charts in terms of, like, they're always craving carbohydrates or they're, they're like, I'm so tired or, you know, and I'm like, well, you're cutting out a very vital macronutrient, right? Mm-hmm. Of course you're going to feel that way. So I find by by ensuring that we're having that at most meals, it can make us feel more satiated as a result. On the other hand, like I see with the chronic dieters, the ones that are maybe cutting out carbohydrates or skimping on certain macronutrients, like they are experiencing that imbalance. What are your takes on on cutting out carbs, let's say, or cutting out? You're of you're of the plan eat a little bit of everything? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like when I I still give people a guideline because people like guidelines. So I'll say mm-hmm. something like aimed for your plate to be like 40% carbohydrates, 40% protein, 20% fat, and then like get fiber in there from whole foods. I'm also an advocate of what I call real ass food, which is essentially just whole foods that come from the earth that are super nutrient dense, right? And so like aim to have that for the most part, but like sometimes if you don't, it's not going to kill you, right? Again, let's be flexible with it and stop like making this bigger than it has to be. Yeah. Knowing that you're an emotional eating um, consultant or what would you call it? Expert? Emotional eating coach. Um, If I met you at a party and you told me that was what you did, I would talk your ear off. And I'm sure like most girls would, you know, because it's something that we all for real struggle with. Yeah. It's a vulnerability thing and it can be embarrassing to talk about um, and it can be uh, hard to cope with. Yeah, it can take the fun out of food. Mm-hmm. And you know it's wild. So like I, I've been practicing for over a year and a half as a nutritionist, and it was about like six months into practicing that I made this switch to emotional eating. And as I started to change my message on social media, like I had so many women reach out to me like that you would never know suffered right, like friends yeah. from high school and like just in my circle, like pouring their hearts out to me in like an Instagram DM. And it's like, wow, a lot of people go through this, right? We're all going through the same shit, and. It begs the question, like, okay, why, right? We're all, we're all being very responsive to the same stuff, society, right? When, and emotional eating, like, it's it can be embedded in childhood. What something, what someone said to you, like, there's so many different triggers, right? But even as women, there's a lot of pressure, um, yeah, in terms of body image and everything. So it's, and then like health is very much moralized these days too. Like it's, 
Like if someone's not pursuing health, it's kind of like, what's wrong with you? You mm. don't have self-control. Like mm-hmm. there's, it's just so moralized these days, right? So that's why I, I started a private Facebook community called Real Ass Women, where all these women who are reaching out to me come together and basically share their experiences. That's right? awesome. And it's been so amazing. Like just people, again, stepping into vulnerability and being very brave to share their stories and supporting each other through it, being like, I've been through that too. Or I ran like a little seven day challenge and one of them was to wear the size that fits you now. Cause a lot of us ha- are hanging on to say like our skinny jeans, right? Yeah. That from like high school that we're just like dying to fit back into them one day. But by having that there or by trying to wear them and basically feeling sick to our stomach because like we can't breathe in them. Yeah. It's like a constant reminder that we're not enough, right? So the challenge was for people to ditch those clothes and go out shopping for clothes that actually fit them and discover how good you actually feel in your body when you wear clothes that fit you. So it was really cool to see the woman being like, I went to say American Eagle and got these jeans and like I felt so good and like I had Rachel's voice in my head and like that <laughs> that just like sets me on fire, right? Like, yeah. I mean, like I, I had a, I had a past in disordered eating and an eating disorder growing up. And when I got out of it, like I was like, okay, this is the work I'm going to do one day. And then I was like, nah, let's do something more realistic. But anyways, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm so in the right place. And to see people, to know that I can inspire people and help them get out of that shitty cycle. It's like, yeah. that, that's all I want to do. Do you think you found your purpose? Totally. That's amazing. Totally. Yeah. That's amazing and so rare and really exciting when you do. Congratulations. Um, So just to reiterate some of those five points, there was be aware. um, Be aware of what you're actually trying to fulfill when you're eating. There was use your inner clock, not the clock on the wall, right? Put it on a plate. Put it on a plate. That was one that we missed. Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> How many of us are grazers, right? Yeah. We're just constantly grazing throughout the day because in our, in our mind, we're like, oh, it doesn't count, right? Or it's not a full meal. Like, it's funny, like when I was pre- well preparing for this, I was like, oh my God, I, I thought back to, I used to go to the grocery store and I would head straight to the bulk aisle and I would fill a little snack bag for myself to eat throughout the grocery store. Wouldn't pay for it. In my mind, I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> and I would just snack on it in the grocery store. And I did this for years on end until like I stopped and reflected on it. I was like, whoa, like that, <laughs> what was I doing? <laughs> but in my uh, mind, because I was like grazing, like I, again, the calories didn't count because I didn't see it, right? So I really encourage people, again, this comes back into the mindful eating, Put your food on a plate. Look at it. Experience it all. Like really, really appreciate the whole the whole experience of food and eating. Right? Yeah. It's so hard sometimes because like I even think about the other day where I had like a tub of sour cream and a thing of salsa and a bag of chips and I had a spoon in each of those and I was individually scooping it onto each chip that I nice. pulled out of the bag and ate it. It was <laughs> quite enjoyable, but that's like the opposite of putting things on plates. But again, be flexible with yourself, right? Like yeah. We can't do everything perfectly. Yeah. Okay. So put it on a plate. Put it on a plate. What do you think of the plate size thing? You know how they say put it on a smaller plate? Right. I mean, I guess there's some truth to it, like, because I, I know I'm kind of conditioned, especially you've been told, if you've been told growing up, finish all your food on your plate. Yes. That's embedded in a lot of, in lot, in a lot of homes. I think it's diety to put it on, like, be like, put it on a smaller plate so you eat less. Like, eat what you want. You yeah. know, eat, eat till you're full, like, but don't, like, stuff yourself. You know, it's finding that fine line and it's, it's not going to happen overnight. It's something you have to practice day in, day out. I'm still working on a lot of these things myself. I would say I have a healthy relationship with food in my body now, but... 
as new demands come and needs come in your life, you're, you're going to be thrown these challenges, right? And you have to figure out, okay, how am I going to cope with this? Because it's a new challenge that you're not familiar with. So one thing I always like to ask everybody when they come on the show is what makes you mindful mostly? Mm. And I didn't really give you a heads up about this, but <laughs> uh, what makes you mindful mostly, like the contrast of healthy versus not? I think the flexibility that I bring to life now because back in the day, it was very much black and white. I was either doing something right or wrong, whereas now, like this this past week, like I had some circumstances come up and I wasn't able to go to the gym or, and that that kind of drove me crazy, right? Because I'm so used to doing that and not because I feel like I have to, but it's like, it's like my happy boost for the day, right? And in the past, I would have, again, beat myself up for it, whereas now I'm like, okay, Let's ease back, recognize that this isn't going to happen every week, and just be easy on yourself. You know, Mm -hmm. honor the fact that I needed the sleep this week, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I guess, like, bringing that flexibility to it. Now, when it comes to the Real Ass Women Facebook page, do you just search Real Ass Women? How does that work? And then then request to join? Yeah. Okay. Got it. And that is a whole community where people can talk about this? Exactly, yeah. And there's like, I say real-ass women, there's no requirements to be a real-ass woman. As long as you're showing up, being your most authentic, vulnerable self, come on in, right? That's nice. Yeah. Gotta do that. Feel free to join in on that. And then if people want to work with you, get more involved with you. if Yeah, so my practice is primarily online now. So I see clients one-on-one through Skype, FaceTime, or the phone. Um, I do in-person workshops as well. You've attended one of them, the kombucha ones. But I've done um, a mindful eating one in the past, an emotional eating one. Um, so that's more Toronto-based. But um, I am hoping to roll out something with the Real Ass Woman, um, more of like an online program moving forward. So you guys can keep an eye out for that. And I am on social media. I'm kind of obsessed, trying to break <laughs> the habit. <laughs> um, at Rachel M. Melinda. Awesome. Rachel, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. This is great. <laughs> you killed it. <laughs> Okay, how great is Rachel Melinda? It is time for your Mindful Mostly Mission of the Week, and I'll tell you exactly what it is. It is figuring out when you're about to reach for food how you're actually feeling. I'm going to carry around a bit of a journal with myself this week. And every time that happens, which I would say is twice a day, maybe more, I'm going to write down what I'm doing and why I think I need it when I actually don't. That way, after a few days has passed, maybe I'll start to notice a bit of a theme. It's like a food journal, but it's more like a food thinking journal. (laughs) Now we need two separate journals for what we eat and what we think about eating. Nah, simplify it, stick it all in the same one and start to realize what is making you reach for that food. Also this week, leave a review on the Mindful Mostly podcast page on iTunes. Also follow the Instagram page at Mindful Mostly and give us a shout out because I want to see what you are up to when you're listening to the podcast. Somebody sent me a shot of themselves taking a shot of apple cider vinegar the other day while listening to the podcast. So let me know what you're what you're up to, what you're thinking, what kind of um, what kind of episodes you want to hear coming up. All of it. Shoot me a DM. I will always get back to you. Now, I'm taking a break from the mindful, mostly mini-sodes for the next couple of weeks because I am moving and shit's kind of hit the fan. But those will resume and drop every so often on Fridays. And then we'll remain, of course, with the OG episodes like this one every single Monday right here on Mindful Mostly. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>